Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. He's Chris. He's Danny. And we are the Plotheads. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, TV, and basically anything pop culture. What are we talking about this week, Chris? Do you want me to say in one word, or do you want to just like go through the elements and find out at the end what the actual verdict is? Uh, okay. Uh, just first, like initial reaction. Movie movie ended. Credits started scrolling. How did you feel? I think that's how I felt. <laughs> I think I started laughing and not like, I don't think they wanted me to. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? Oh, that's really interesting. I was like, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> it, it was a journey of a movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I? Okay. So yeah, when the movie started, like what, first of all, what an incredible opening. Yes. I thought the opening was phenomenal. I was like, holy shit. This is like quality, quality filmmaking right here. Uh, Absolutely. Some beautiful shots. So, I mean, straight away, you've got Hiroyuki Sanada. Sanada. Yeah. Um, And you're like, oh, yeah. He's amazing. This is, it looks beautiful. The costumes are great. The, the, The shots were great. The shot where he drops the buckets of water. And the water is flowing down towards the screen. Uh, I was like, this isn't just going to be some flashy combat movie then. This actually has like shots of like, you know, like visual storytelling happening as well. You know, his world is falling apart as the water comes down towards the screen. He's running towards his family. He sees, you know, uh, we're talking spoilers here, right? Oh, absolutely. This is spoiler alert from the get-go, everybody. Okay, and I suppose, yeah, I just wanted to verify that before we go beyond what's available on YouTube to people. So hopefully you've seen it. But when he runs and sees, you know, his family frozen and the icicles in their backs and shit. Oh. And actually, Joe Taslam, is that his name? Who plays Sub-Zero? Uh, yes, Joe Taslam. He was awesome. He was so cool. He's perfect. Behan is perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Sub-Zero in this movie absolutely loved it I, you're so right though this i was like this is not just gonna be another punch him up you know gore fest of a of a movie but we were wrong chris <laughs> <laughs> because because that's because, exactly what it was <laughs> that's exactly what it was and i'm not saying that's a bad thing no but... there's a lot i liked about the movie yeah okay let, and let's then let's yeah. Start at the beginning now. Yeah. It's right. So that scene's amazing. It then cuts forward a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand years. I don't think it really a couple of hundred years, isn't it? I think the start is in the sixteen sixteen hundreds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of the exact year. And then yeah. it skips forward a few hundred years. Uh to um, modern day. Um and that's the first introduction of the of the main character of the movie, the new character. Cole Young. Cole right? Young. Which everyone was really excited for from the trailers. Everybody and could not wait for Cole Young. They couldn't Young. wait for their favorite new fighter, Cole Young. Uh, did he prove you? Did he prove us all wrong, Danny? Absolutely, did not prove us all wrong. No, I, I think I was. 
I was I don't understand the addition of that character to this story. I don't, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I know where the movie was, what the movie was trying to do. They were trying to like introduce a, an everyday man character that everybody right. can kind of get along with and identify with. But this is Mortal Kombat. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to identify with Mortal Kombat. I want to watch people fight each other and punch holes into each other. Um, this this really reminded me of um, the Resident Evil movies yeah. where you've got your main character, Alice, right? And you're looking at one of the side characters being Jill Valentine beside her. And you're going, why is Jill not the main character here? Why is Alice, you know, like you're looking at yeah. Luke Kang is right there. It's like, he's right there. He's why right is there. he not the main character? He's good. Luke Kang is good. He's not bad. Did you see him when he's like tensing his muscles? And he's, he's absolutely <laughs> ripped. Ripped yeah, out of it. Yeah. Absolutely the guy did ripped. his work like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, they were, so we're at that point. Um, his introduction, he just gets the crap knocked out of him in, a, in an octagon. It's a bit. That's, it's on purpose, isn't it? Doesn't he? He takes beatings, like he takes a loss. Uh, to like he he's paid to take the loss. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't. From from what I gathered, oh, I don't the, know the, his like coach guy or whoever the guy is who runs the fights. Yeah, was sort of like you need to go down in a certain round kind of thing. I I thought he was saying don't go down too early because I'm still paying you to fight. And, right. Yeah. And I, I did. I didn't think it was a. I didn't think it was a fixed fight. I thought he was just Oh, I, I thought he was like saying like, you know, like don't go down too early because we need to give them a fight like. No, Do you I know I, what I mean. Yeah, I I Maybe I'm wrong because I took it as uh you're a pretty crap fighter and you're going to get the shit knocked uh, out of you. Okay. And don't get knocked out too quick cuz the people still want to see a fight. But See, maybe it is that. Maybe the I whole thing was it's, it, it, it's unclear to be fair. Yeah, him it trying to prove either. himself. Venture at the movie or something like that. I like I, I think I kind of get where they were going with him, which is that apart from like the everyday man with the family that hopefully someone can grow attached to, even though I mean, I'm sorry, Lewis Tan, you're not a very good actor, right? You're definitely he's, not a lead actor. Yeah. He's not a lead actor. Um, um, to be fair, is anybody in this movie a lead actor? Um, I, I, I think know. there's potential in some people. Um, not everyone, definitely not everyone. Um, you know, it's not like they had a stellar cast here, but uh, I, I, I do not see Lewis Tan as a as a lead role. The the, um, ca- the cast experienced. The cast really worked for me in a way because they were all quite B grade. Um, right, 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 right. Like you didn't some, know anyone. Don't get me wrong. There's some really good performances in there. I think yeah. uh, Josh Lawson as Kano. <laughs> Kano. Kano is the is like the the heart Amazing. of this movie. He's spot on. Kano's Amazing. Great. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if we could talk about Kano for a little bit, I I, well, I don't mean to like jump around. But no, I think what we should do. Let's just go through the characters and give our kind of feelings on each on character, all, of right? each of the characters. Right? Yeah, oh, sorry. And actually, as I was saying, but Cole, right? I, what I think they were trying to do was that right. Scorpion and Sub Zero's rivalry is like everyone's favorite rivalry from Mortal Kombat. Scorpion's one of the like yeah. flagship characters of Mortal Kombat, but in the actual canon of the tournament, he's not that important, right? Like no. Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, Sonya are important. Yeah. So I think they were trying to find a way. It's like, how do we make Scorpion not feel tacked on? I see. So how why do don't I... we do this sort of ancestral? Yeah. Thing? How do you bring that rivalry into the tournament? Almost. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what they were trying to do, but um. 
I, I, someone I saw someone else talking about it. Um, so it might... big, a big kind of plot point spoiler alert for anybody who's listening. Uh, Lewis Tan's character Cole Young is the descendant of yeah of Scorpion uh, Hanzo Asashi. Um, yeah, and that and that so he is that's why he is chosen for the Mortal Kombat. Right, and like I saw someone talking about you know like the whole arcana thing or their special abilities that they have to unleash that, right that, which we'll get to yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> that made me laugh a lot but the um like why was his not just that he turns into scorpion at the end yep uh, and it could like go away and he's back to himself again uh, he like transforms into Scorpion. Yeah, that's his like Arcana. That's what brings Scorpion back. Be- I don't like the whole Arcana thing anyway. But if they're going to do it, why wasn't it that instead of like this? I I think the armor skin. The the reason for that, and to give a bit of context again for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, but you they, really should. You really <laughs> should. It is. I look. I really enjoyed it, and this is going to be a spoiler filled talk. So maybe yeah, yeah. go see the movie before you listen to this. Uh, they they start talking about Arcana, which is basically everybody's superpowers. Um, yeah. So if you've ever played the games, uh, Johnny Cage when he kicks or when he does super quick moves, he's got like this green flash. I think Sonya Blade has also like she has green flashes and guns. Um, obviously Liu Kang's has got the flame, uh, flame fist and flame kicks and all that kind of jazz. Uh, which I don't think is ever really explained in the games. But I could be wrong there. I, I in my head, I just figured these people just had these powers. Um, yeah, like I think in some cases it's just like game gimmicks. Yeah. In Johnny Cage's case, I don't. Well, I think in MK10 they tried to explain it, like, that he does have some sort of like inner chi or something. With Liu yeah. Kang, I think it was supposed to be like his inner chi, and because he had been like chosen by the elder gods, that he has, he's like the chosen one, so he needs an ability to take on. He's been gifted by the gods yeah. to take on like the bad guys or whatever. I, either way, it was never a big plot point in the games. I mean, no, no, certainly, yeah. So, so they introduced this idea of Arcana, which is kind of like I suppose there's a form of magic in the movie where you have to unlock it by training. Um, if you're a chosen uh, individual for the Mortal Kombat, that was completely unnecessary. You actually don't need to explain it, or you could have just called it Chi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Key power, anything along those lines. And just something that we've heard of before that we could just go, oh, yeah, one of those. It's a trope. Fine. Let's move on. As sure. opposed to. But the fact that they focused on that so much. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, and then when it turns out what it is for some people, you're like, really? Really? Yeah. Magic abilities makes his metal arms bigger. <laughs> Instead of him just having. Robot arms. Oh yeah. Okay. So what? <laughs> we're very clearly and obviously talking about Jacks here. Yeah, I Jax laughed who, so hard at that. I I thought the actor who played Jacks. I don't know his name. Is it McCad Brooks? McCad Brooks. Yeah. He was. I thought he was great at points, but yeah, also one of the weaker actors of the of the whole film at other times. Um, he he did. He wasn't given a lot to kind of work with. Um, yeah, but that he he does Jack's justice, I think, as a character. You know, um, yeah, I don't think he did J- Jack's badly or anything. I actually, no, I think he was he, quite good. Yeah, he's a good Jack. Um, but again, in the story, the story of him having his arms frozen and snapped off by Sub Zero, that was awesome. 
that awesome. whole scene's amazing. The yeah. special effects are great. Um, and then they, some like robot monks or like robot robotic weird monks put the arms on Jacks, and they're small. And then in a moment of trying to lift a rock off Sonya Blade, they get big again. But from inner <sighs> magic, what makes no I, sense? I, robot I, arms? Like yeah, that, I, I just I don't understand why they didn't just sort of set Jax's um uh, excursion with Sub Zero. Right? It seemed like in the trailer that that had happened previous to the movie because she yes. talked. It was shown in the scene when Sonya was talking about, oh, we were on a mission in Brazil at some point or whatever, and they wiped out our entire squad. That would have given time that Jax now has metal arms as replacements so that he can get by in life. Yeah, right. Why Kano doesn't just have a robot eye because he's a scumbag mercenary that shoots a laser instead of it being his magic power. Like, yeah. There's just these little silly... Why Sonya doesn't just have these little bracelets that shoot pink lasers instead of pink lasers being it's, her magic ability. It's the kind of thing I can see people who are writing the script or writing the screenplay and they're trying to like set the rules of this universe down. Right. But the rules have kind of already been set down in the games. Yeah, yeah. But also, if you know, we can also we're educated enough as an audience nowadays. I think oh, I say educated, but I mean like we we've seen stuff like this before that you can just introduce it and be like, this is the world that they live in. Get over it. Yeah. And I you know have you know people aren't going to be like, oh, why didn't they explain why he had a robot eye? Because if he's got a robot eye and Jax has got robot arms, uh, and then there's you know, scorpion coming in and out of hell and there's a guy with magical freezing powers you're just gonna buy it you're like okay this is the universe that we're in yeah this is cool why spend all this time on this exposition that's so unneeded i felt uh, well the, the low point of the movie for me this this is how bizarre it is to me right this is the kind of way i was looking at it because it's very clear that this is a setup for a franchise yeah. and that it's it's pretty much a superhero film right even though it's a video game based movie it is like a superhero film right yeah imagine if they decided to explain that the falcon from captain america uh, his metal wings are actually a magic ability that grew out of his back yeah. you'd be like why can't they just be metal wings like <laughs> that's <laughs> it, kind of how i felt about yeah, those 100 percent that and it, it yeah <laughs> Like, oh, we're, Jesus. We're, ta- we're talking about facing monsters in the right. o- outworld in the nether realm and that's okay but yet we have to like come up with this crazy idea as to why Liu Kang can punch with fire um, yeah. so I, I thought the whole arcana thing was unnecessary uh, but let's go back to back to characters we spoke about Cole we're not yeah. a huge fan of Cole no. um, we spoke about who else have we spoke about uh, well, we were actually, we had mentioned Kano, but we didn't really get into Kano. it. Kano. I think Josh Lawson. Lawson is going to get a lot of work. Absolutely. And he well was, deserved. Well, he was brilliant. Yeah. He was he, funny. Yeah. He was actually Australian as opposed yeah, yeah. to the 95 version. Yeah. He looked the part. Uh, it was basically like, you know, Aussie Man Reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like it was like let's take a like, real life version of Aussie Bad Reviews. Yeah, and make on, him like the, the most twisted screen. person on the planet, right? Absolutely brilliant. Was brilliant. Yeah. I was I I thought they had Kano perfect. My only um flaw with Kano is that in some scenes 
and it's it's not his fault. He's a pure talent in it. But in some scenes, it was like, okay, Kano, we could do a little bit less of you right now. It's like yeah. it's like there's a bit much of Kano happening right now. It's like I don't know how many times he made jokes about fireballs. Yeah, yeah. I, where it was I like, oh, okay, okay. But I'm not. That's not like him ruined on me or anything. Other than no. that, I think he was perfect, absolutely I, perfect. And it's I don't know if it's a good thing to say like. Kano stole the show in a Mortal Kombat movie. He, <laughs> no, no, that's a good thing. No, I don't think it he's is great. a good thing. Uh, but he did steal the show. He's he's like, it's Kano who's yeah. a mercenary, surrounded by all these fantastic characters, and he's the one that is just spot on perfect. And I, I really love, there's moments where his voice is just like in the background. Like, they say something yeah. and then he just makes a joke and it's not the focus of the scene at all but yeah. if you listen closely you can hear his reaction and it's always it sounds improvised and it's always hilarious i think a lot yeah. of it was i don't think all that was in because i think if you read if you hear the rest of the script i really don't think all oh, those jokes are written I yeah think i know what you mean it doesn't it is it's not of... a good script like but he, <laughs> it's no it's not like it's really not um and we'll i'll we'll be talking about the writers but um he he's definitely improvising a lot of the time. Like there's a moment where Liu Kang puts his hand on his shoulder and he just goes, fuck. <laughs> and, the, and he does it so quick and it's so well timed. Like I laughed so hard at it. I think he's just he is funny and he made I, I, sure yeah. to be funny in those scenes. I think you're probably right. It, it was too naturally brilliant and yeah. really didn't actually feel that forced at all. Uh, I think he is a comedian. I'm not sure. I hadn't heard yeah. of him before, but I think he does comedy uh, usually. Okay. I'm not 100% on that now. He looked familiar to me. I feel like I have seen him in something before. Yeah. Uh, but I've no idea what. Uh, yeah, he was great. Really, really so, great. Okay, like, yeah. And he had me, like, where I said that I was laughing sometimes this movie, like, in a bad way. Yeah he, yeah. he had me laughing, like, in the intentional good way, where it's like, this scene is supposed to be funny, and it yeah. is funny. And I would be able to say, yes, you did have some great funny scenes in this movie. Intentionally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so that's Kano. We love you, Kano. We love you, Joss Lawson. Really yeah. well done. Amazing. Um, we spoke briefly about Sub Zero. I think Sub Zero has done extremely well in this movie. Loved him. Um, Loved him. Joe like, I think I, I, I giggled with excitement when Jax is looking at him very early on. And there's like a mist. And when the mist goes through a door, he like disappears. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Like he was Every, like a horror villain almost. He, he absolutely brilliant. between at the very start, you know, he he straight away he kills a a mother and her child. And you're yeah. like, okay, this guy is not fucking around. He's relentless. Um, yeah. He's absolutely relentless. And then you've got this fantastic fight scene um between Scorpion uh, and Sub Zero. Absolutely brilliant. Uh and then it's probably the best fight scene in the movie. Uh why are you talking about the start or at the end? The start. Oh, I think the one at the end is is the end phenomenal. is pretty good too, and there's a really good use of actual moves from the game, but not yeah. like a, not in like a cheesy like it's oh, not look, forced at all. Here's the thing from the game. Like yeah, it's yeah. like you have to look kind of carefully to catch some of it. Like even yeah. when Sub Zero makes the ice sculpture of himself, and then yeah, and then, and then gets Scorpion away from goes it. through it. I, and it happens I love... so fast. Like it's great. That scene that I think that moment that I think was in the trailer where Sub Zero slices Scorpion. And yes. as the blood comes out, he turns the blood into an icicle and then stabs Scorpion in the back with it. Amazing. Absolutely. That's so Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah, yeah. That is what Mortal Kombat was made to be. And it is absolutely perfect. Um, yeah. 
So Sub-Zero's done fantastic. We spoke briefly about Jax. We think the actor did him pretty good justice, but the character wasn't really quite there, especially no. with the arms. It was a bit disappointing. Um, I suppose now we start getting on to kind of side characters because that is our main roster. Oh, no, I like Sonya Blade. What do you, what do you think of Jessica? I Jessica McNamee? Uh, is that her name? I um, think it's Jessica McNamee. I don't know the full cast, but um, I really like Sonya. And I think... I actually, if I had to change anything, well, there's loads of things I would change. But uh, just if they're tr- keeping the cast that they have. Now, I don't think she was great all the time, yeah. right? And again, I think some of it is a letdown of the script. But I would have made Sonia the audience and let her be instead of Cole. Yeah. Let her be investigating this shit and then finding out about this shit. Absolutely. And, uh, like... Sonya has been there since MK1. If you if Liu Kang knows too much to be the audience, then why not let's and, and you're not ready for Johnny Cage, then why not yeah. Sonya? I, I could not agree more. I mean, we get this brief insight into her investigation after her team was taken down. What, and that what, scene was great. That scene's really good, but you that could have been the whole start of the movie. Is Jack's losing his arms? Uh in this, in you know, when the whole team was taken down by Sub Zero, Sonya then investigating it, finding everything out about this, and then and like finding, becoming like obsessed with yeah, like becoming obsessed, know. and then finding is it the Temple of Light that that yeah right yeah that that, that Liu Kang trains at um or the Temple of the Sun I, I'm not quite sure um and then finding that and through that is how she discovers about the tournament about the tournament uh, and you know that to me would have been a much better narrative um, yeah it would have made way more sense and i even like i'm not into the arcana thing and the tattoos thing but within that i really liked sonya's arc in that she didn't have one yeah but she was still like fighting uh, or taking the, part or whatever yeah, yeah um and her whole arc like she probably had the best arc of the characters in that she earns it by the end of it kind of a thing um yeah it, realistically um just on paper even if like not all of her scenes are performed the best or the most exciting on paper, she probably has the best arc of all the characters. Uh, yeah. It would be between her and Cole. I mean, Cole does have a character arc in the end, even if it is a tired, <laughs> he a does, tired but arc. I, I don't want to like him. <laughs> um, right. So, so yeah, sorry. was great. Raiden. I felt for you, Danny. I really felt for you. I was like, I know that Raiden is Danny's favorite Mortal Kombat character. Raiden He's his is... go-to fighter. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I got kind of lucky, you know, Scorpion is my favorite and he was done, you know, just as I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, he was al- he was almost like too nice. Uh, but what what can you do? Like, here you look at Sonata is just a gentleman. Um, <laughs> but the guy playing Raiden, uh, weird, weird choice. Weird choices were made. Um, in some cases, the visual effects in this movie are amazing. Yeah. And on him, not so much. Like his lightning effects are cool, but his eyes look so his eyes cheap. His eyes were were irritating. Yeah. Um, the I just I like in the '95 film, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Um, <laughs> Christopher Lambert. The fate of billions will be in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just laughs. Oh, sorry. sorry. So good. Uh, so good. So he, <laughs> so he, you know, he he he's got the moments where his eyes spark with lightning. Yeah. Um, which I know is this movie is actually more true to the games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I prefer I prefer that because I always find when you like white out somebody's eyes or when you have an effect going over somebody's eyes, you really lose connection with the character. Um, yeah. And I it looks found... it looks great in a comic or in a cartoon, yeah, yeah. but not as like there's a reason. Batman has never had just the white eyes for yeah. a movie. And it's because it's like, oh, we've just lost all the humanity in the character. Absolutely. And there's so, I mean, Raiden is a god. So maybe you could argue you don't want humanity in him. Um, and I also, his, his, his straw hat was not a straw hat. Um, and I actually thought, I felt like it came down too far and covered up too much of his face. Yeah. So which he, is like, it's like they didn't nail his hat in the way that they nailed Kung Lao's hat. I felt like they nailed Kung Lao's hat. Kung Lao was spot on, actually. Kung Lao is another character I think has done tremendously well in this. Oh, yeah, I thought he was done very well. Um, yeah. Heartbroken, because he's my second favorite character. Right. Um, <laughs> Danny was getting beaten over was, by this I movie. I was not having a good time. I, I, <laughs> I was not having a good time with this movie. Um, yeah, so I was disappointed by Raiden. And I've actually seen that actor... Mr. Asano. I was trying uh, to think of who it was because he, he was so familiar to me. What is he in? I think you know the Warriors 3 in Thor. Yes. He's one of the Warriors 3. Oh, is that who he is? He's the guy who stands up to Hell. Hella. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know who you're thinking of. Uh, and he's got the mace with the spikes. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can never remember the Warriors three names. No, no, no. I I think it's him. Um. So he's it's, been um, in a couple of Thor films. It's weird to me that um. And there's I'm, kind of and I'm, this might lead us on to another character who's not in the hero roster, right? But right. there's two characters that I feel kind of need to be the most charismatic characters in the movie. Right. That's Lord Raiden. Yeah. And Shang Tsung. Yeah, and I felt that neither of them had the screen presence that they needed to command. And I, the guy playing Shang Tsung is a good actor. I've seen yeah, him in other stuff. Good. Yeah, he is not a bad actor. So I don't know if it's just that he had just shit dialogue or what, but he was the most one-dimensional, like throwaway villain. He was a throwaway villain, and that's the problem. Shang Tsung is, is the big bad of was when the you big think bad of Shang Tsung from the ninety-five movie. Oh. Your you soul is mine. Will die. He's so he's, good. I mean, it's absolutely camp, but it's perfect. Uh, oh no, no, like that guy in the original '95 movie is Shang Tsung. He is hundred percent. Literally, Shang Tsung. And I'm not look. I would. I'm not looking for um, an impersonation. I would hate that. I wouldn't yeah, yeah, want yeah. someone to impersonate or or try rip off. But you need another. Like it's kind of like um, when Shang Tsung walks on screen. Yeah, you should feel a little bit of fear. You should like he should have such gravitas that you understand why he's surrounded by these super powerful characters, and they're all afraid of him. Yeah, definitely. And you, I definitely didn't get that vibe. I mean, in the '95 version, he's like a he's like a a Power Rangers villain, which is so good. But he's great. Uh, (laughs) But they didn't even. You know, they didn't even capture that spark in, in this one. They really, I think they no. let Shang Tsung down big time. Yeah, I would agree. 100%. Uh, and then there's kind of the roster, his roster of baddies. We've got Cabal, who I enjoyed. Looked great, I thought. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, he moved well. 
there, I, th- I think there's such a thing as being um, too Brooklyn. Not that too accurate to a okay. game. Right, like so often, the big complaint of like movies based on games is that they're not accurate enough. Like, yeah. why the fuck did it stray so far away and make up characters and plot lines that aren't in the game? Why don't they just believe in the source material? And then I think there's such a thing as too faithful. And what I mean by that is, Cabal seemed like someone who was voice acting for a video game. Yeah, where no one else was, and in the movie, I found out like when he was explaining how he knows Kano or whatever. Yeah. I found that so jarring. I was like, this is some fucking dodgy ADR shit. Like, is he yeah, actually talking right now? <laughs> that is clearly it's, a voiceover. Yeah. I, I find there's also a funny thing that I found actually bothered me in the original 95 as well. When Scorpion and Sub-Zero spoke or when, for instance, Cabal speaks, there's no movement in their face. No. Yeah. So it very much looks like it's like you said, it's being ADR'd. Like there's, yeah. it's a voiceover, um, and that uh, you have that disconnect. That even even if there's a little bit of a wobble, you would kind of go, okay, he's speaking now. Um, right. It's like like okay, Bane and the Dark Knight Rises. You know that there's ADR there. There has to be, yeah. right? In the same as Vader, or whatever. But you can see that he did deliver the lines because you can see yeah. his Adam's apple moving and shit, you and his face also, making expressions. You see his face making expressions. How they did it with Darth Vader. And you still it's wonderful. It's and you still feel like he's speaking. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. You know, but that, you know, that's a different that's a so different. So like Cabal looked amazing quality and, and moved real cool and shit. Like he looked yeah. great, but I did feel I was like, what the like that was so cartoony. Yeah. Um any of his dialogue, I thought. It it for me the, the film never quite found that fine balance of trying to be a serious film trying to nope. be a camp classic and trying to be true to Mortal Kombat. It 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 at moments it, it, it does each of them really well and at other moments it really lets others drop down and it can be it didn't quite find the balance. And I wonder if it's something because this is clearly like you said setting up to be a franchise. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's something that will improve over over the franchise or if it will they've just gone, we've set our rules, we've set our standards, let's go for it. Well, I think, right, they're going to stick to the whole Arcana thing, probably, uh, because they spent so long on it. But I do think that, um, I, I, I actually think the second one will be a better movie. I think so, too. I think, I think there's room for improvement, for sure. Um, like, And when you know that the director who made this movie, this was their first ever movie. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's made commercials and stuff before, but this was his first feature-length movie. And when you know Great that the, in the, that case, yeah, right. And when you know that the writer who wrote it, there was two writers, but one of them, the first writer who was on it, it was their first time writing a movie. Okay, you know, there's <laughs> when you put it into that context, they no, did a fantastic. You learn, job. you learn from stuff, right? And like mm-hmm. some of the movie is top quality. Again, that like that opening and and some of it and the visual effects, some of them are amazing. I really, I thought the visual effects were really good. I think the yeah. visual effects team on this did a fantastic job. Um. And then in other cases, it feels like a fan-made movie. Yeah. And, and I that's, think that's sometimes... Where it how did you feel? It does a lot of fan service. Yeah. So did the 95 movie. Yeah, yeah. How did you feel about the fan service in this movie? I thought some of it worked really, really well. Yeah. And then some of it was unnecessary, you know? Uh yeah. 
like the little scene Shinnok's amulet, and it didn't, it didn't affect the story, so it's fine. Yeah. It's just a quick little, and actually, he's saying something about Kano's character. He's about to steal a bit of jewelry because that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, and it just so happens the thing he goes to steal is Shinnok's amulet. So I was like, that that's a cool little that's piece, a cool little right? Easter egg. Yeah, seeing Katana's fan in the background. Yeah, that was that actually bothered me. Okay, because I was like, does that mean? Because they're they're holding like murals and things here from past tournaments. Is Katana dead? Right. They already know Katana, and has she died, or where is she? If her fan is there, well, where, it could be like what happened to her. It could be. I could be getting this confused with the original movie, but Katana is a is a good character in Mortal Kombat, right? She starts off as a fighter for Outworld. Yeah, and then realizes that she has been kind of brainwashed her whole life. And uh, yeah, for the most part, she's a good character. So I wonder if there's uh, in this world, uh, either A, it was just an Easter egg they threw in the background to be like, more people are coming. Look, you, here's Katana's out. fan. Yeah, or B, right. it, uh, it's going to be something like Katana's ancestor who also fought with the with the fan. Right, and it could be that. And if it's that great, like, because I think Katana is an important character. Yeah, very much so. And I think she should be in it. Um, I love the stuff with uh, the Sonya sh- was shown in, you know, her kind of warehouse. Like yeah. you s- see a very quick clipping of Nightwolf. I thought that was that awesome. was great. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. really good. And if you look closely, yeah. you actually see it mentions the Makoti tribe. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. his tribe. That's fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's cl- I think it's clear to me of the two writers, one of them, the guy who who's this is like his first movie, I think is a fan of the games. Yeah. And was adding in as much fan shit as he could. And then the other one was just. I think the to... other one was brought on to help him write a movie because he's written movies before. I see. Yeah, that's a good. And yeah. is probably not a fan of the games. And it's the guy who wrote Wonder Woman eighty four. Interesting. So I still haven't seen Wonder Woman eighty four, but you didn't enjoy it, did you? No, no, I did not. <laughs> it was really cheesy and not in like a good way. Okay, so that maybe you know because there's. Hollywood, especially now, there is a formula to writing a, a winning movie that I think right. we're becoming sick of seeing. Um, yeah. You know, I, have you ever heard of, I think the book's called Save the Cat? Oh, I've uh, heard of it, but I haven't so, like I read mean, it or anything. The guy who wrote that basically says that this is the formula that all Hollywood movies go to. And you, actually, when you're watching a movie... I've paused them at a certain time and gone, yeah, that's about a third into the movie, just like he says it is when, you know, right. there's a call to action or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people really do follow. And this is one of those really formulaic movies in that sense, which was a shame because it had it has so much potential to be something. Oh, loads. Unique. Yeah, loads of potential. Definitely. Um, I Part of me thinks that the whole reason they threw the Cole Young character in there was because Hiroyuki Sanada was like, this is below me, guys. I'll do the start, I'll do the end, but I, I'm not being in the whole movie. And they were like, oh, yeah, but we've got him to be Scorpion, so let's, that's we, pretty great. So let's We need a Scorpion there. element throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. We need that, a... Part of me feels like that's what happened. He was like, oh, okay, I'll pop along, but only for a bit. Yeah. Oh, I, I would imagine he was the most expensive thing about this movie. Yeah, probably. And I'm not trying to be rude. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like he's a big actor and he's he is great like he is so good like when he shouts out Behan's name in anger for vengeance <sighs> you can feel yeah. it yeah you can feel it yeah he's... Um, I also love that the kunai 
that he uses oh. at the start started off as his wife's gardening tool. But what, so I mean, there's so that much history beautiful. to that, you know, because a that is beautiful, but b ninjas were farmers. I mean, there's an argument as to whether ninjas ever existed or not. But if they did, they were almost certainly farmers, and all mm. their weapons were farming tools. So to have this one of the most well-known pop culture ninjas and actually display that his wife using a kunai to dig out the dig out the dirt and then he ties it up and it becomes his weapon is so perfect. I thought that was a great little nod to a bit of Japanese history. Yeah, and and just tying it into his own backstory and yeah, amazing. I, I like the whole start is incredible. It's like I feel like why didn't he make a yeah because it's so clear that this is supposed to be a franchise and it's kind of like these superhero franchise movies where like it ends with it doesn't end with an end credit scene but it might as well be an end credit scene of like here's the next one you know like yeah, the yeah. Johnny Cage thing right so why didn't they just make a Scorpion and Sub-Zero movie and that's it right and and slowly but surely make a couple of movies and lead up to the tournament as if that's your like Avengers movie they, they totally could have done that um, I imagine they will at some point go back to a prequel where we've got the Shirai Ryu yeah. versus the Lin Kuei and that in, in probably the 1600s uh, or feudal Japan. That would um, be awesome. I'd, I'd love, love to see that. That would be really cool. Um, yeah. So moving on then from the different performances and the, how they treated the different characters, how did you just feel about the plot in general and kind of the whole storyline? Um, okay. I was like, I was I was like you know there was moments of acting where I was like oh that's not great or the dialogue's not great or the editing was choppy but I was like I was kind of along for the ride I was like this is cool everything's moving along at a cool pace you know he's finding this you need to find this person and if she finds that person is like yeah oh you need to get to the temple I know where the temple is oh they have to work with him now oh he's a scumbag you know it was kind Classic. of a cool yeah, yeah. pace right and I think as soon as I got to the temple it all just stopped dead Somebody just put their uh, foot on the brakes. I yeah, it just stopped there yeah. for ages. Um, focused on a plot that nobody cared about for a while, which is the yeah. whole Arcana thing. And then was like, oh shit, we have to end the movie. This movie needed another 20 minutes. Yes. Uh, uh, it really did to flesh out its its own end climax scenes because it, it, it just sort of happened. I was so annoyed that we didn't actually get Mortal Kombat. The tournament. We didn't get the tournament. Why and why didn't we? I don't know. Because it's basically there. It's like shoehorned in at the end. They're like, yes. oh, they want a tournament. We'll give them a th- tournament. And it's like, please tell me, though, that's not the actual tent tournament. But then what made me feel like that was the fucking tournament was Goro. Goro comes out of nowhere. Right. Doesn't talk. Wasted absolutely wasted i was really mad about goro yeah absolutely in in the 95 movie as cheesy as goro is they (sighs) big him up and he's the champion and he's won the last nine tournaments and it's like it's like every other supernatural being they put in they're winning the heroes are winning and everything's good and shang sung's like they don't matter we still got the big gun. Is it time? Like, yeah, yeah. And then he, and then it's just like a montage of him fucking people up. And that montage goes on for like 30 seconds longer than it should. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, right. I get the point. We He's get it. kicked the shit out of a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, it's still He's going. Great. Um, oh, it's still, okay, great. And then he kills um, the Art, Art Lee character. Is that his name? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's right. 
Uh, what is his name? <laughs> it's Art something. It was like, uh, is that I, he's not a character from the games, is he? He's just. I don't a, think so. I think he was just supposed to be a, a human protagonist that know, they knew they could kill. And you know, so he's like introduced and like you're. I was sorry you're fighting London, man. That was great. And then yeah, yeah, Johnny Cage gets on with him, right? Yeah, uh, and then he like karate chops him in the neck and he's dead. And I was like, ah. Oh. Yes, absolutely brilliant. You know, that adds fear to Goro. Goro just showed up out of nowhere in this and got his ass handed to him, essentially. Well, it's just such a waste of what is supposed to be like a really scary boss character that you're like, yeah. fuck, how are we going to beat him? Why didn't they save him for the sequel where it's like, like in this movie, it was very clear that it was like, shit, how are we going to beat Sub-Zero? Right? Yeah. Why didn't they have Goro in the second movie as the fuck? How the fuck are we going to beat him? Yeah, and really, like, yeah they could have. They really could have used anyone to attack uh, Cole's family like uh, Baraka is a cool character right yeah but Baraka could easily be a character that just shows up for one fight because he hasn't got a lot of backstory he's yeah. really just a monstrous character so yeah. he would have been a perfect candidate for that fight with his two fucking blades ripping through you know Absolutely Cole could have yeah. fought him and everyone would have been like great it's Baraka but yeah. Goro is too big a deal. He's the he's the Outworld champion. He's the yeah. prince of the Shokan. Come he's, on, guys. He's the prince. You know, he's the prince of Outworld. And you're just, that's it. Okay. Really disappointing. Um, yeah. Wasted. Totally wasted. The whole kind of, that's where Cole finds his arcana. And all it was, that it was, you know, it was from the love of his family. It's just, come. I mean, it's so boring. But what the hell did the fucking Tonfas have to do with his arcana? I- why yeah. did Tonfa's like what's that got to do with the fact that he's an MMA fighter? Yeah, I kind of I kind of like the idea as a character, actually, you know, where you get hit a couple of times and then you can build up all of that power from from the damage you've taken and you can put that into a punch. Well, I mean, it looks to me like um there's a future DLC character coming to Oh, a, yeah. a combat games yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got his abilities there and everything you know yeah i mean it is uh, it is he they created a good mortal combat character in that sense in that sense yeah i mean yeah. I, i'd say he'd be fun to play as yeah he's just yeah. not very fun to watch as the Wasn't, lead in a movie no not at all yeah um, i really enjoyed there's a couple of moments i really love the movie i don't know if everybody kind of spotted it i'm, I'm sure a lot of people have yeah. uh, like the moment where uh kano is fighting Liu kang for the first time and Liu Kang does the leg sweep. Yeah. And then Kano gets back up and Liu Kang does a leg sweep. And then Kano gets back up and then Liu Kang does a leg sweep. Kano jumps and then he does another leg sweep and he falls over. Right. That is so like, that's somebody spamming a move in the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. To take, yeah, yeah. That is literally spamming going, you know, I'm just going to push down and hit circle and I'm just going to keep spamming you falling <laughs> up, uh, which is something you could totally do in the game. And even the way Kano jumps in that moment. It's exactly like they jump in the games. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that I was liked that as well. I thought it worked. I thought it really worked. Those little things I thought worked really well for me. And the, you know, flawless victory and test your might, all that kind of. Yeah. You know, they felt a bit shoehorned in, but. But you kind of want to hear it. When I heard it, I was like, that's great. You know, I absolutely love that. Yeah. I Here's the thing. I, I would watch this movie again. I will watch it again. I had fun watching it, yeah. but it's a bad movie. Yeah, and I think it is a bad movie, but it's and I I would have loved to have like like we definitely would have gone to the cinema together to see this. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we would have came and talked about it for hours, um, yeah. and we would have gone to see it again. <laughs> I, probably by the time we finished talking about it, it would have been on again. Will we go see it again? Is it really that bad? I would watch it. And go, it is. 
it, it, what I, I, I think I like it more on a second watching because the the, the moments in it that I really enjoyed the fights, yeah, uh, uh, the kind of the video game moves that are really what really choreographed very well into the fights yeah. where, where Kung Lao throws his hat down and creates that spinning blade. That was cool. Uh, and then I can't remember the name of that character with the wings. Natara. Natara, where he rides Natara through and slices her in two and you know he's yeah like, jesus oh, christ it's like, like wow that's a fatality on screen that's yeah you know that's part or D- kano putting his fist into reptile and pulling his heart out like yes that is i'm seeing on screen fatalities that's kind of what i wanted to see from a mortal Kombat movie yeah I, like that stuff's great but i think the fights are um the fights are better than you can see interesting you think they, the they didn't... editing is so choppy and so all over the place. like i really feel like um the fights should have felt like the raid yeah Maybe the raid has some of the best movie fight scenes ever 100 you could feel every I get... you could feel every punch i watch right? the raid about once once a month <laughs> it's <laughs> on an, average i just it's an incredible movie it's it so on. well made yeah it's yeah. really perfect but um, i always, i felt oh, i remember seeing that and thinking if they ever make a mortal Kombat movie this is what the fights need to be like yeah. Like this intense, Gritty. this brutal, and you can see everything. And you're like, did they really hit each other? Yeah. Like some of those fights, I'm like, whoa. When did they like pull away? When did they cut? Like, I know. Yeah. And uh, in this, on like for me, a lot like some of the fights are great, but a lot of them fell flat for me. It, I completely it was just like stop moving. I completely agree with the editing on the whole in the movie. There was some really weird cuts I, mm. one particularly jarring cut I think is when they cut to Outworld and they first introduce the Cabal and General Reiko and Katara yeah that's weird there's it's I think Cole is in a ring and he gets hit or something and then he's and then it just goes over, Outworld and then it just cuts to Outworld and it was like you've never even what? heard of Outworld if you've never <laughs> even heard of Outworld and it, it could have been you know he could have gotten hit in the face and as he falls back hits the hits the mat and that bang goes boom, outworld. And then you zoom it outworld. You could have, if that's where you wanted to put that, you could You'd have made... Do like, a cool transition and make a moment out of it. You could have made a moment out of that transition, out of getting yeah. the outworld. But what what the hell? Some really weird... I thought, I thought that was so weird. I remember being like, what? <laughs> Here's my, my kind of general take at the end of the movie, right? Um, was that everything that this movie did well was what the 95 movie did badly and everything this movie did badly was what the 95 movie did well i don't know and what i mean by that is like okay so raiden and shang sung are not good in this movie and they are excellent in the the 95 95. movie yeah yeah right um the well there's a lack of johnny goro is great in the 95 movie and he's yeah. not good in this movie True. the fatalities and the violence are great in this movie and there's none of that in the 95 movie yeah reptile cgi is terrible in the 95 movie and it's That's great in this movie terrible. reptile was great in this yeah right scorpion is not great in the 95 okay, movie. Yeah, yeah yeah and he's great in this movie yeah. i really think that is they went they kind of looked at all the stuff that the 95 movie did badly and went let's do that to make our movie different but what they left out was the stuff that the 95 movie did well, which was actually a good plot yeah, and good character interactions. Yeah. And it's a steady pace and steady editing. Like it's very steady pace. It, it dips a little bit once they get to the island. Um, yeah. A little it, bit. it picks back up again really quickly. Uh, and you've got, I suppose in this movie, the Kano character is the Johnny Cage character, the kind of comedy relief. 
He is, yeah. Um, and is probably better in this movie in the in the newer movie. But th- this Mortal Kombat or ninety five. Firstly, movie. which is wh- firstly which do you prefer? Yeah. And secondly, which is a better movie? Okay. I prefer, and I do need to watch this one more. Right, I've only yeah, seen yeah. it once. Uh, likewise. But I prefer the '95 movie. Yeah. And I think it is a better movie. Oh, he said it, folks. Yeah, but I'm not totally throwing this one to the dogs. This movie is leaps and bounds better than Annihilation. <laughs> Too bad <Leaps>. you <laughs> will die. It is not that bad. It's not like that laughably bad. It's um, leaps and bounds better than Annihilation. I think I prefer 95, but yeah. I do think objectively, I think the fighting is much better. I think. Oh, interesting. I think the CG, in, I mean, obviously the CG is much better now, but in terms yeah. of where it was at the time, the CG. Was oh, yeah, like the CG in 95 was, was bad for its time. It was bad Reptile for its time. Yeah, dreadful. Yeah. Dreadful. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I think Liu Kang is so much better in the in the ninety-five movie. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I think Robin the main I think the main roster of characters, both good and bad, are better in the ninety-five movie um than this. But th- really that Scorpion Sub Zero fight, I, I just loved it so much it really pulls this movie up a lot for me. Yeah. Oh well look, look that, that whole rivalry is totally missing from the original anyway. Yeah, yeah. Know? And that's another thing they did better was in this movie that they didn't do well in the 95 was this relationship between Scarlet and Sub-Zero and their actual conflict together. Yeah. So where does the movie fall Get then for over. you on the dating scale? The dating scale. This is the part of the podcast where we decide what kind of date we would have with this movie so yes we're, we're you're about to go out with this movie for the first time how would you describe this movie as a date my date with this movie was like a three-course meal okay right the starter was amazing we were off to a really good start really enjoyed the starter really enjoyed the company all was good i was like this is going to be a really good night and then the main came and there was bits of the main that i liked but overall it was kind of a sloppy mess that was kind of thrown together that uh, kind of left kind of a sour taste in my mouth. Someone yeah. was like, is that really done? Um, and then the dessert came along and the dessert was fine, but it wasn't enough. And I felt it was kind of rushed. Um, would I go and eat this meal again? Um, I, you know what? I, I think I'd go on a second date just to see, you know, maybe it was just a bad night. Maybe I wasn't feeling it. I'd like to see more of it. Maybe all the main wasn't as bad as I think it was on first impressions. Um, so I, I definitely want to give the date a second chance. Interesting. But, uh, that's my take on my first day with this movie. <laughs> I think how I would how I would date this movie. Yeah. Um, it's a, I had a good time. You know, we we had we had fun. We we didn't agree our opinions. You know, we didn't agree on everything that we said that night. <laughs> there was you know. But we'll see each other again and we'll hang out and maybe our relationship will, will blossom from there, you know? Right. Uh, I think the likelihood is after we hang out a couple more times, I'll probably move on to her sister. 
this is the sequel I'm talking about in case no. you're not quite getting that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably go, oh, this is much better. You know, we actually get on much better with this individual than I did with the previous. I like how you, you um have kind of equated this the the sequel to a, a sister character. <laughs> I, I equated it to like the second date. I think the I second see. date is going to be the sequel, and I think it's going to be better than because I liked some of what was in the first date. But I do. Maybe I ordered the wrong main. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, very. Yeah, right. Very good. I'm gonna try ordering something else at the same restaurant. But I think it could be better the second time. <laughs> I think I really hope it's gonna be better the second time because the first time I, I, yeah, you know, you've got the dodgy tummy, you know, that kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anything else, kind of, in the news that you kind of want to chat about, Chris? Uh, anything very quickly? We've got just a few minutes left, so any 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 news, any updates, any topics you want to chat about? Um, I someone sent me a post earlier today, uh, which was um a picture of Josh Lawson played Kano. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was an article actually, and it said that Josh Lawson had to, has been hospitalized. Oh no! Oh, for carrying the weight of this movie. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I'd be there. Go on, Josh. He's so good. You're yeah, we see. First, me. as I read it, I, I, at first, I thought it was serious, and then I was like, "Oh, there we go." Uh, so, shout out to Philly Manny for sending that out to uh, me. Thanks, very man. Good. Thanks, Philly. <laughs> Absol- absolutely, he really did carry this movie. Uh, Brilliant. Can't wait to see him in more stuff. And you know, what? actually, here's a little take that I want to try out there. Um. I think even though this was a first time uh, feature movie for Simon McQuaid, yeah. um, I think he did quite a good job. I don't think he did a terrible job. I could see him because he's he's after doing this at Warner Brothers. Yeah. And it's actually done very well financially, even if like critically, it's not being like the best received movie ever. It, it's it, not being torn apart either. It, it, it opened really well on HBO. It opened Max really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than Justice League, controversially. Yeah, yeah. I could see him being offered uh, movies in the superhero genre. Oh, 100%. Based on how he treated the special effects and stuff. I I see like either his next movie is going to be something along, or the next thing he's offered probably is going to be something along the lines of start working on your next Mortal Kombat movie because we've got a franchise here. Yeah. Or I think it's going to be, can you take this side character from the DC universe? Or this yes. side character from the Marvel universe, can you flesh out their story and give us a movie? Yeah, um, yep. I think that's really likely. And I actually, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, I look forward to seeing any sequels to Mortal Kombat. I, I think we're, I think we were a bit harsh on it. Really, I think I, I did enjoy the movie. Oh no, I did enjoy uh, it. I'm, yeah, I'm actually like, it's not a total write-off for me. I actually enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Um, I just. I just don't think it's a good, it's a objectively good movie. No, it's not objectively good. But I think a bit of nostalgia has... attached to it for me. You know, I, yeah. I Mortal Kombat. I've always loved the games. But I think he has a lot of talent, and yeah, I think absolutely. it's going to show. And I, like, I don't, I don't think he is a bad director for a first time movie. First I think... time, and he's come up with this is really yeah. Good. yeah I think it's actually quite impressive. Yeah, because uh, this is this is a big movie in terms of well, there were a lot of different locations. I think some of the most of those locations were CG to be fair. Right. But there were a lot of different locations. You're dealing with a lot of actors, a lot of characters. A lot of characters. There's a lot to juggle. There was a lot to try a and lot juggle. To juggle. And actually all the characters are introduced and yeah. kind of given their time pretty well. You know, Well, we're able is... to talk about all of them or comment on all of them. Like, Absolutely. Honestly, one of the things that hurt this movie as well, and it's one of the reasons it's chopped and edited so 
quickly and choppily. Yeah. The runtime really hurt this movie, I think. What is the runtime on this? Is it two? It's one hour and 50 minutes. Right. Extra 20 minutes wouldn't make it too long. Like, I'm not looking for a three-hour movie, but it would just give it enough time to flesh out things a bit more. Yeah. I, I think he could have, there could you could have cut a lot of um, the Arcana bit and everybody trying to find their inner power. Um, and, ex- and extend the fights instead. I think it just could have extended the story. We could have focused a little bit more on the actual tournament. It could have introduced a bit the more, more combat, combat tournament. tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah. It should have gone down that road a little bit more as opposed to this kind of what felt like a haphazard ending where it was like, quick, let's just have them all fight. Go, go, go. Yeah. Really annoyed me that Cole could save his wife and daughter. Oh, when they were frozen ice? When they were frozen I had another ice. look at that scene. I had another because I've seen that complaint. And I had that complaint too. And I had another look at the scene. So Sub-Zero's, uh, or, or sorry, Hanzo's family at the beginning, they yeah. are frozen. But if you look at their backs, there's, there's a spike through them as well. sticking through them and there's yeah. blood. Uh, I think Cole's family are just frozen and they just haven't been killed by the hypothermia yet. But I just think that's too... It's too safe. It's too safe. What are you it's... saving them for? It's Mortal Kombat. Uh, it, but even like if you do want to, it's, it's too convenient. You know, it's just too convenient right. that... He, oh, he didn't kill them for some reason, but he's killed everybody yeah, else he he's for? come up against. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. No, I get you. It, it's totally for the convenience of the plot. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, really enjoyed the movie all in all. Please make some more. So one other thing to talk about. Uh, yeah. Soundtrack, music, which movie? How, how, what do you think about the soundtrack of this movie? Okay, well, this is like, like that's actually a big one because... If the first thing anyone thinks of when you think of even Mortal Kombat in general, even though it's not from the game, is the Mortal Kombat. Do, do, do. As, uh, like it's absolutely. iconic, right? It's just amazing. And every time you watch the 95 movie, as cheesy as it is, when the techno theme comes on, you're pumped. <laughs> you're oh, like, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Cool. Let's do it. Test your might. Yes. Um, Cage. This movie. And, um, I mean, I fucking like the music score in a movie is really important to me. Yeah, really yeah. important. I feel like this score was written not to the scenes. Okay. Because it's as if this guy wrote themes and music um, to a, a a script or a screenplay. He's like, all right, I need music for the scene when this happens, and I need music for the scene right. when this happens. So it'd be but like, this, not... is the, this is the scene where the two characters, uh, yeah, you know, fight, and then he wrote something for that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but not to the actual timing of the movie, right? Because it seemed to me like, like uh, the first time it was jarring to me was when Raiden first pops down. I was like, the music just totally shifted, yeah, and changed, and it happens throughout the movie, and it's like, this is weird. It's Again, really it, weird. An editing issue, you know? It's yeah. Even to the sound editing, it's just. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I think the guy wrote full tracks, and then the I editors see. cut his tracks to transition scenes. Yeah. Um, as opposed to him doing it. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to him like watching the movie and then right, okay, we need a transition here, so I'm going to write a transition. That's yeah. That's so interesting. The music flows because it did not flow like smoothly. It it felt generally generic to me that right. i can't the only moment that that stands out to me is when they bring in that techno soundtrack or the remix of this techno soundtrack that's the, the credits uh no during the fight scene but they only kind of use the dun dun 
dun dun dun and then they kind of and then it just goes off to something else right it's great uh, i love yeah. it but it doesn't but they that, don't use like the full theme but that was the only moment for me that i went oh there's music in this yeah, yeah. movie you know and, I, and, I, and actually at that moment when scorpion says get over here which for a lot of people didn't work in the trailer it works really well in the movie works really well in the movie yeah yeah um but compared yeah. to the 95 movie the just the whole way throughout the 95 movie the the tunes are happening Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, every time there's a fight, there's an epic tune. Every time something's happening, there's a great beat. It, and then, of course, you've got the Mortal Kombat theme that it becomes synonymous. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. I, uh, it just absolutely phenomenal compared to this. It was had such a, again, it was like it could have just grasped it and it just missed. It, it, yeah, real shame. Yeah, I, I don't think it hit the heights that it needed to hit. It wasn't epic enough, and then it wasn't fun enough, and it's like. Yeah. The, the original one is fun. And if this one wasn't going to be fun, then it should have been epic. And I don't think it quite got there. I think it was trying to get there, but I don't think it quite got there. I think that kind of sums it up in a lot of ways. It it was like, it, it tried to be fun, but it wasn't quite super fun. It tried to be epic, but it wasn't quite super epic. It didn't really know the line that it wanted to take as a film. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really suffers from that, I think. Yeah. And if anyone has forgotten what the 95 soundtrack is like, right? I know everyone knows the main theme, right? But even beyond that, do yourself a favor. Go on to YouTube and type in Liu Kang versus Reptile 1995. The Reptile theme tune is fucking boss. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out, guys. It's fucking great. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and that is the end of this week's podcast. I'd like to thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank Clara Booth for her amazing artwork that she's provided. If you'd like to get in touch and tell us what you thought of the Mortal Kombat movie, please, please, please do. You can reach us on at the plot heads on both Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, any feedback you may have. And please, please, please do check out Chris McGuire's other podcast that the brothers take, which is another amazing podcast that focuses mainly on video games. Until next time, he's been Chris. He's been Danny. And we've been the Plotheads. Heads.